Morning, church. How are we? Good? How are you, Pastor Ron? I'm fantastic. He's a liar. He's a liar. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's been sick for like a month. Oh, man. Is it a month? Enough's enough. But uh, you guys make me happy. So, especially you, Steve. Um, so, yeah, hey, I'm where's thankful. My, where's my just, coffee, Steve? Just to be here. <laughs> oh, that's... You can keep it. Um, well, welcome. We, we as, as Pastor Bill said, we're on a special... We've been on a special journey, and today um, doesn't mark the end of that. It is just the beginning, but it is our moment to step in faith into what God has put in front of us. And so if you're here and um, you're like, this is my first time ever to Heights, welcome. We're glad you're here with us. Uh, You picked a good weekend to be here, and here's why. You don't have to do anything. You're just our guest. Um, But you're going to learn an awful lot about what we care about and what the church cares about. And so... Um, we're glad that you're here with us. And then also, if you, uh, you happen to be here and, and Heights is home for you, but you've been gone for whatever reason for the last few weeks and haven't been able to make it um, to a service, you're going, I don't know what you're talking about. We're going to give you a quick recap, um, but we just want to encourage you, take the same journey we've been on. So if you need to take a week to, to pray and seek the Lord before deciding what to do, you may know what to do today. You're welcome to do that. But if you need time, just know that um, there's no rush on that, and we would love for you to walk through that um, at a pace you can in, in the journey of faith and let God grow your faith. So uh, catching you up, we've, we've talked an awful lot about a three-step vision. We've talked a lot specifically in the last few weeks about three initiatives. And, and if you didn't receive a packet, the whatever it takes packet, you can pick one of those up on your way out that has all the information inside of it you would need more But the three initiatives go something like this, that we're working on an initiative one, the current campus. We have upgrades we've been doing. We need to see those to completion. And so we're working on that. So an example would be uh, we were live online for the second weekend in a row today. Um, We had over 400 people last week that were a part of that. I was told this morning alone, 390 at some point tuned in. And um, yeah, just... Phenomenal things happening there. But the thing you don't see is our ugly mugs on the screen yet. Um, That's because we're not ready. We're still moving towards it. We're still working on finishing what we started within the upgrades here. That goes for the coffee shop. Um, That goes for lobby, H4. There's just stuff we're doing to, to bring that to completion. So initiative one is that. Initiative two is Prescott Valley. If you haven't heard, we have a lease on the old Albertsons. Uh, That space, I saw a picture this week. Yeah, you can clap for that. It's worth clapping for. I saw saw a picture of that space uh, yesterday. It has been, like, cleaned out, and it looks huge. So we are very excited about grocery stores going away. We're looking for a January 2020 start date of that campus. And so we're moving towards that. And then Initiative 3 is connected to Global Hope International, uh, specifically in the country of Jordan, And we're looking at establishing in that space, um, helping them establish their headquarters, which they'll be able to do ministry to the entire region from. And and so that's the three initiatives. If you happen to miss any of that, that's what's been going on. Um, But I want to frame everything we're going to talk about today uh, through the lens of why. 
Because it can be really easy to get lost in, especially at the end, logistics or get lost in um, a talk where it's on sacrifice and it's on money and that stuff. And, and you're like, oh, I checked out at the beginning. Like, I think the why helps us not to. I think the why helps us stay engaged. And the why is simply this, that we believe that God is still on the move towards people. And we believe that God is on the move specifically to see people encounter him for the first time. We believe that's going to happen in our own community of Prescott Valley. It's going to continue to happen here. Um, we, we believe that, that we're established here to see people encounter Jesus. We also believe that we are a part of a global church and in spaces like Jordan where we want to see people encounter Jesus that, that may never have the opportunity um, if, if we don't partner the way we get to partner. Um, so being really clear on that, that, that we believe that God is moving to see people encounter when they encounter, we believe wholeheartedly that every single person should be on a, uh, spiritual journey, a journey of faith, um, that, and that faith journey should grow. And so we're, um, looking for people to engage in their faith. And then as they engage, we want to see more and more of us empowered to serve and whether locally, globally, just. We're just released to, to do kingdom work. So that's the why. The why is, man, we are, we're on the move because God's on the move. Where is he going? To people. And so we're going to continue to lean into that. Um, but that is a journey that requires the entire family. That's so true. I'm so thankful for just for the, the simple truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. You ever stop and just kind of press the pause button on everything else and then just consider where you'd be if Jesus didn't love you, if Jesus didn't exist, if Jesus didn't care? For me, it's it's something that I can get so swept up and miss it entirely. And so when I do slow down long enough, I, I'm reminded... Just uh, that that's really all I need to know is that Jesus has already come. He's already died for my sin. He rose from the dead, conquering sin and conquering death to be alive in me, to be alive in you. He's still pursuing people. He's still interceding on our behalf. That's what our God does for us. He's, he's pursuing you here and now. Even uh, those of you that um, would say, you know what, I don't even know if I'm a follower of Jesus yet. Or those of you that have been walking with him for a long time and, and kind of struggling, he's still going after you. Those of you that have been walking with him for a long time and are doing okay today, um, he, he still loves you. Throughout history, you just see this pattern of his behavior over and over and over again and Back in the Old Testament, familiar moment in history, biblically, uh, God sees his people, the Israelites, in captivity, in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. And so he gets a hold of Moses and says, I'm going to use you, Moses, to set my people free. You're going to be set free from slavery and uh, out of captivity into freedom. And you're going to take you on a journey to the promised land. And that's a similar journey for all of us because of what Jesus did for us. Uh, we have been set free from the slavery of sin and we're on this journey uh, toward the, the promised land. And before we get there, um, God invites us in occasionally to uh, his work. He does all the heavy lifting, but we can be his hands and his feet. We can be his, his voice uh, we can be a tangible touch of, of love and hope for people that need it. 
And there's a moment way back in the Old Testament where the people of God all got together uh, to accomplish something that God had put before them that I just found so encouraging and it's familiar to, to a lot of you. If you have your Bible, open up to the book of Exodus. Uh, second book of your Bible, if you're not real familiar, go to Exodus, go to chapter 35. And there's a moment here where God's already done the hard work. God has rescued the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. God has helped them conquer the Egyptians. Uh, God has got them across the Red Sea. God has provided uh, manna from heaven, food. God's provided uh, uh, water from a rock in the middle of a desert. God's given them the Ten Commandments. God's been doing a lot of the work here, all the work. And now there's a moment, though, where he says, okay, I'm going to invite my people in uh, to, to, to be a part of this process. And he wanted to have a, a temporary place for them to gather to worship called the tabernacle. And it was kind of a tent structure but pretty elaborate, uh, that would precede the, the temple, an actual building where, where they would worship. Now, today, we know that uh, we are the temple of God. Uh, the people of God are the temple of God. We are the tabernacle of God. Um, ultimately, the church is not a building. Ultimately, the church is not programs. Ultimately, the church is, is people. It's, it's me and you. It's, it's the family of God who have been rescued, redeemed by Jesus. But, but in the Old Testament, the presence of God would, would uh, frequent the tabernacle, would, would inhabit the, the temple. And God's saying, I want a proper place of worship. And so he set his people about uh, building this tabernacle. And that's where we uh, join in Exodus chapter 35. Look at verse four. Look at what they did together. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. And so what he starts to establish is uh, uh, basically um, everybody here has an opportunity. And everybody comes with, with, the, with a willing heart. And then everybody that comes with a willing heart has some various gift to bring to the equation. And isn't that the church? It's this group of people uh, with willing hearts, hearts that have been affected by the love and the truth of God. And we each have something to bring. We have something to give. And the people of God in this moment have received an awful lot already. But they knew that there was a privilege to being a part of the family of God it isn't just about receiving, but it's also about giving. And so he says, uh, everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair. Okay, so Chino Valley people, you've got something to contribute. Uh, we know you don't have any money, but you've got ample goat hair. Um, I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm not. That was ample, funny right there. That was ample just, goat hair. That, that's it. <laughs> uh, 
It gets better. Ram skins, verse 7, dyed red, and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. In other words, everybody had an opportunity. There were those who had willing hearts to respond with various different gifts that they had at their disposal. And some had a lot, some didn't. Some had uh, onyx stones, some had goat hair. Some had yarn, some had gold. I mean, it's, it's various gifts, but coming together is where the beauty of this all shows up. Skip down to verse 21. It says, and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting for all its service and for the sacred garments. And so again, it's a willing heart. Scripture tells us that uh, the heart, our heart, our soul is the wellspring of life. Everything that we do flows from it. Whatever God has done in our hearts will manifest itself. It will show up in a number of ways, including uh, how we use what has been given to us. Skip down to verse 30. Look what starts to happen. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahisamech, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers, and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. So you've got this group of the people of God with willing hearts, and not just various gifts, but various skills. And in these skills here, so many that are artistic or ability to work with their hands. And, and this, is, this is the church as well. This is the family of God as well. There are some of you, and we are talking specifically today about a sacrifice financially that we can make. But the church is also made up of sacrifice of service, sacrifice of your time, sacrifice of your talents. And depending on the season that you're in, uh, you, you may have more than you need financially. But we always have our talents. We always have our skills. And you look around this church and you just look back a month or so ago to Christmas and the, the, the A-team and these, these volunteers that build and design these tremendous set pieces outside and work for months and months at a time and then assemble them and then take them down or when things break around here or need to get built or fixed. And there are people in our church that are skilled as artisans. They're, they're skilled with their hands. And that is just as precious and important and valuable in the life of the church 
in certain seasons as other things, uh, as, as teachers are needed, as people with wisdom are needed, all of us together with willing hearts bringing various gifts, various skills, this is what God has for us. And as the church, we really were designed to give, not just receive. If you skip over to chapter 36, look at what happens. Exodus 36, go halfway through verse 3. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. They called a congregational meeting. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more, because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Please, 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 one time, give me and John the opportunity to call that sort of congregational meeting, where we just say, Stop giving. You've already given enough. We don't even know what to do. We don't know who to bless anymore. There's nobody left to bless. There's nobody left to help. There's no country because we just step out in that sort of generosity. Now, I I love that. This is that reminder that, again, it was out of their free will and, and that God had provided more than enough through them. In a spiritual reminder to me, this is a reminder that God has already provided all that we need. Whether we access the resources that he has for us, that's a different question. But in this particular case, the people of God collaborated together and God provided above and beyond, I think immeasurably more than any of the people could have hoped or asked or imagined. And this to me is also just a picture of, of the gospel. Um, God didn't spare his own son, but he gave us Jesus. If he didn't spare his own son, then, then what's that say about his generosity? What's that say about a sacrificial heart of his? We've got a daddy that loves to give good gifts to his kids. And if we stay humble and sensitive and open to his heart and his leading, and our heart is in beat with his heart, then um, I think we can only expect that he's going to provide for the things that are on the horizon uh, for us. Yeah, and that the, the picture of the gospel is what we want to frame up this whole thing inside of. Because really what we see in Jesus is, is what we're called to. That, that what we see in him making a conscious choice of free will to step in on our behalf and provide for us what we could not provide for ourselves. Uh, that really is the framework that we even consider the, the moment we have today of stepping in by faith, stepping into something, going, that, that's our model, that's, that's, that's what's out in front. And it reminds me, this, this capturing a, an image of Jesus, this this capturing a moment with Jesus where I, I really get it and I understand it reminds me of a story that we find um, in the Gospels where there's a guy and he's short, right? 
And, and we learned that about him right out the gate. This guy is not a tall guy. And, and he specifically, we're told, has status. He is the head of his company. And he has wealth. And so both of those, the, the status and wealth, he, he tends to carry himself like he's a big deal. And he hears that Jesus is coming to town. And he's like, I'm going to meet Jesus. I'm... I'm a big deal. He's, I hear he's a big deal. I want to see what all the fuss is about. So he decides that he's going to go see him. The only problem is the crowd is so great that he can't get to him because he's short. And so he improvises and climbs a tree. And you might, you might have heard the story. You might have even sang about the story at some point. And, and you might have heard that he was a wee little man, right? But that wee little man, he gets up that tree. And, and he improvises and he sees Jesus. Now, what's fascinating in the story is, is, is that would be one thing. But, but where the story takes a turn is something happens between that man and Jesus that shouldn't have happened. Because Jesus gets to the tree with the crowd around, and he pushes his way through the crowd to the tree to call out by name this man. Now, I'm told that, that one of the most beautiful sounds we ever hear in our life is our own name being called. Hence the reason when you go to Grafted Coffee, because you will. Well, three of you will. That's good. By the way, it's the best coffee around. Just saying. Um, but when you go and, and, and you, you're there and they call you by name, something happens inside of you. You are wired to hear your name. So now imagine someone who thinks he's a big deal. And now Jesus, who is a big deal, is calling him by name. This is a monumental moment for this guy, right? But not to the crowd. Because if you called somebody by name, you were associating with them. Why would Jesus associate with a crook? See, this guy's an outsider. His job is not one that's respected. His job is one that is cruel. In fact, it's, it, it, he's a thug. And so for Jesus to call him by name, that's already outrageous. But for Jesus to go, hey, I'm not only going to call you by name. You get down here, Zacchaeus, because I'm going to go to your house and we're going to have dinner. Now, Jesus is way out of line when it comes to church people. Because what Jesus is doing in that moment is he is crossing lines that we're not okay to cross. And you find out because then it starts talking. There's a murmuring. He went where? He's doing what? He's with who? Oh, that crook. Maybe we can just grab something for us as a church. If we ever have a reputation other than we are friends of sinners, we have missed something, church. Because Jesus himself was a friend of sinners. Jesus himself was a friend of outsiders. May our reputation increase. May the conversations and the murmuring around our community be like, can you believe it? They let that person go to church. And not only do they let that person, they call him by name. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I hope we never lose it. I hope we never lose the philosophy that, that you belong here because you're human. Period. And we trust that the same thing is going to happen that happened in this meal. Because then at the meal, something triggered Zacchaeus. Because the, the muttering was going on, the grumbling was going on. But listen to what Zacchaeus does. He says, but Zacchaeus stood up, so, so now he stands up, and, and notice it says, and said to the Lord, this is key for me, because Zacchaeus isn't doing this for, for how it looks to everybody else. 
Zacchaeus in this moment is standing up and he's going, Lord. In fact, he says, look, Lord. Maybe Jesus was distracted. Maybe Jesus needed to turn his head. I don't know. Look, Lord, here and now, it's immediate. I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That's audacious because he's a crook. All he does is cheat people. He's given up everything. Now, now, here's where it gets interesting. Hours before, it was about status and wealth. It was about climbing a tree so that he could get a view to add another notch to whatever status belt he had. And somewhere in the hours between climbing a tree and sitting at a meal with Jesus, something transpired. Was it, was it Jesus talking about um, his love for everyone? Was it Jesus talking about going to the cross? Was it just the fact that Jesus was in his home? Was it the way Jesus carried himself? Was it the care for those around? What was it that Zacchaeus saw? But, but what we get is that his, his view that day completely changed because it, it went from seeing Jesus as someone with stature and I just got to get a look at He calls him Lord. There's a complete change in value that's happened. Somewhere along the way in meeting Jesus, his complete value system of status and wealth completely changed. And when we talk about sacrifice and we we, we talk about this journey we're on, sacrifice can be summed up in that I'm giving up something I love for something I love even more. And, and for, for our family, it's been this practical journey. Um, like, I, I get it. You're, you're sitting here and you're going, but I got one kid in college and another one that's about to start. Like, I understand, right? I got two little kids who want to do all kinds of activities. I got, you, you name it, right? I got house payment. Like, I get it. I get it. And for our family, one of the funniest, funnest things that we've got to do in this, this journey is to sit and go, what do we love that we love that more? So, so then we frame the context of the conversation. When we talk about our community encountering Jesus, oh, okay, like that's a whole new love. Like we love that. I love that a whole lot more than some of the things that I hold on to. I, told, I mentioned the company that I'm giving up in the last service, and my wife goes, don't do that. The owners attend the church. Oh. But it's really practical. I'm choosing to give up food. One type of food. One restaurant. That restaurant. Choosing to give up another thing that I love to do. Right? Why? Not because I'm so good. Not because I'm sitting here to brag. But for one reason. That if I'm going to analyze, that's something practical I can do. We, asked our le- we had a group of leaders in here, right? On Friday night. And, and they took these things. Um, these are road cases, and inside of here is equipment that gets on a bus every week and goes to Flagstaff with us, right? So they travel. They're traveling cases for equipment. And so we, we asked the group of leaders that were here, hey, we, we think it would be really encouraging, not only to us, but to the entire church, that if you just wrote on here, um, after you've made your commitment, just write on there something practical you're giving up, just to encourage somebody. Because sometimes I think we live in the land of like, well, I don't have... All this stuff to get. And so we just made it practical. You know, one of my favorite things, I think it's on that one, is I'm giving up getting my nails done. I was like, that. something you love for something you love more. Um, There's stuff on here where it says giving up dinners out. Um, One of them says I'm going to eat more leftovers. 
Another one says uh, our 20th wedding anniversary trip. Like, that's what we're talking about. What is it that I love that I can give up, that I can sacrifice because I love that even more? And when we say that even more, it's the dreams that God's put in front of us. And leaning into that, going, what does it mean to, to give to that? We want to give a little bit of time today um, as an individual or as a family to uh, uh, just process some of this commitment, what that commitment might look like. And so here's a couple of logistics for you to process as we kind of enter that, that time. When it comes to giving toward the whatever it takes campaign, um, there's kind of a handful of categories that you probably will fall into. Uh, one of them is, is we are aware that there are some people at this particular season, for whatever reason, you're just unable to give. Uh, we, we understand that that's the case. You do not need to feel guilty. When I say give, I mean financially. We, we understand that that is the case for some people at some time, and uh, we are glad that you're here. The only thing I'd remind you of is that what we are starting today is a three-year journey together. And what your season is today may not be your season a year and a half or two years from now financially. And uh, you can always adjust accordingly as these years go along. So just keep that in the back of your mind and don't worry yourself any further. The second category um, I I think is pretty key uh, for us as a church. And that is that this might start the beginning for many of you just giving in general to church. Um, if you call Heights home and, and this is your place, your family, the place that you worship and you are invested here, then one thing God calls us to do is to give on a regular basis. And we're not going to get into the, the amount or whatnot. That's between you and the Lord. But if you, you have not been giving uh, and during your journey these last couple of weeks, you're not in a position to go from not giving at all to this above and beyond sacrificial to the new campaign sort of giving. But you go, you know what? I, I, could, I could and I probably should start to uh, give on a regular basis as, as God's word directs. And if that's you, then maybe that's your step. It's just to start giving toward the general fund, the ongoing ministries of, of the church. The, the third category there is one-time gift the capacity or the ability that many other people do not have, and that is to give a one-time uh, cash gift uh, today or in the next couple of weeks toward the whatever it takes campaign. You have real estate maybe, or you have stocks, or uh, you have a required minimum distribution for from an IRA uh, that can be directed toward the church. You've got some items that you can sell, or you just have the ability, liquid cash assets to uh, give toward the campaign. Well, then that's, that's an opportunity for you as well. But the last category is really probably the core, the heartbeat of the whatever it takes campaign. And that is uh, that you would just commit to give above and beyond your regular giving. So you continue your regular giving to the general fund, the ministries that are ongoing at Heights. But then you commit to above and beyond that, give uh, a certain amount over the next three years uh, toward the whatever it takes campaign 
which is toward uh, finishing up stuff here, toward Prescott Valley, and toward the ministry in Jordan in the Middle East. And if, if that's the case, then you're familiar with the different ways that there are to give, because we talk about them uh, just about every week. But the different ways to give, just if you're not real familiar, are these online. Uh, two, you can give by text message. Or three, you can give in the buckets as they're passed when you're here on Sundays. The only thing that I want to draw your attention to there is uh, there are two ways that you can designate your giving now. You can designate your giving toward the general fund, which is just goes to the ongoing ministries of Heights, uh, or you can designate it to the vision fund, which is the whatever it takes campaign. And if you designate those funds to whatever it takes, the vision fund, then those funds can only be used toward those initiatives that John was talking about. The things that we're tackling here, Prescott Valley and Jordan. When you give to the general fund, it goes to all the ministries uh, as a part of Heights and can be designated wherever it needs to go as needed. But uh, when you fill out your card uh, today... Um, what you're going to do is only denote the amount that you're committing above and beyond your regular giving. You don't write down what you're planning to tithe to the ongoing general fund. What you put down on your card is only toward the whatever it takes above and beyond sorts of giving um, over the next couple of years. So there's just some logistics for you. Yeah, and as Ron was mentioning, um, we have... We have cards. Um, maybe you brought yours. Maybe you need one. I need one. So, Darren, if you could get one to me, I would, I would appreciate it. Um, you can be like me. i got to hold my hand up to get one. So if you need a commitment card this morning, um, just hold your hand up and they'll get one to you. Uh, we're going to walk through um, a time of commitment. But first, we want to talk through what this is. Ron had already mentioned that, that on here, this is, this is what you're, you are saying um, my family or me as an individual, this is what I'm committing to for the next three years when it comes to whatever it takes, which is specifically the three initiatives we talked about up top. So Prescott Valley, Jordan, um, and then the weekly giving actually covers initiative one. So um, the card that you have, uh, you received one in the packet. If you brought it with you, that's great. If not, keep your hand up. We'll get pens to you and cards. But Name, phone, email, that's all pretty straightforward on there. And, and that's just so we have a way to, to track and keep you updated and all that kind of stuff. That's what that's for. And then the next line where it says my three-year commitment, that's what Ron was talking about, is that's your total for the three years. And, and so if you came in and you're like, I got it down weekly, what it's going to be, um, just add that up real quick and put that in your, your total for the three years. That just helps us know to get a round number um, so that we know what we can tackle. We know what we can step into when it comes to Prescott Valley. We know what um, we can commit to when it comes to Jordan um, and, and, and the time frame that that's going to happen. Underneath that, what you'll notice is how you plan to give. And, and again, this is more for our side. It's a help to you because this is what you're committing to and it's a help to the church to, so that we know uh, monthly, we can step in and, and do this, or uh, if it's a weekly thing, or if it's, man, this is a one-time upfront, then that just helps us know how to plan accordingly moving forward. And so what we'd love to do, some of you came in and you're like, I got my card, I'm ready. Some of you came in and went, oh, that was this Sunday, right? 
that would be me. That would be how I'm wired. Uh, so we just want to give you a little time. If, you, if you're processing this and filling this out, um, whether you need to talk as families, whatever that looks like, we're going to give you a couple minutes just to, to process that and before the Lord. Man, here's our step of obedience. We've been seeking you. We've been listening, and, and you're leading us this way. Um, ushers for you during this time when it's just quiet and just time for you to write and think, then ushers, would you reset the buckets and, and do me a favor, don't pass the buckets, okay? We want to do that together. We want to celebrate that, so we'll set those out, but we'll use those in just a moment together. Folks, we just wanted to, uh, just to say thank you again. Um, so many of you, you give and you give and you give. You're so generous with your time. You're so generous with your talent. You're so generous with your treasure. And quite literally, we could not pull off the ministry that is going on in this community and around the world if it were not for you. So we thank God for you. There are many of you in here that you give and you give and you give. And yet in this particular season, though, you're also in a place where you you need an awful lot, and we're thankful for you too. Um, the church is a place of both and. And maybe today uh, you're not in a spot where you can give and you need something relationally or you need some hope or you need some help or whatever it is. We understand that. And uh, we're glad to walk along with you just as well. Super thankful uh, for you. We're starting a journey. And uh, this journey ahead is um, going to be very, very exciting and a lot of uh, variables that we can't really anticipate. But all of us together with willing hearts, bringing our various gifts to the table with a God who is so, so good to us. I'm not really sure how we can go wrong if we don't continue just to seek him, uh, stay humble and love each other and love our community well. That's... That's what we're going to do. Um, I'd love to pray for us. And then we're going to, uh, after we pray, we're going to pass the buckets one more time. We never do this, but we're going to collect those uh, pledges uh, that you have just filled out. And uh, we're going to celebrate when we do it. Uh, Because worship is worship. Uh, God's word teaching it, that's worship. Uh, prayer is worship. Gathering together, your very lives are meant to be an act of worship, but giving is also an act of worship. And so we can celebrate and be joyful when we give. So I'm going to pray. And then if you're on the left end of the aisle when we're done praying, then you can pass that bucket down and then we'll just woohoo and clap and celebrate a little bit. Okay. Uh, so Father, thank you so much for everybody that's here. Thank you for being our provider. We know that you are able to provide immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. We can't wait to see what it is that you've got in store for us. We thank you for every single person in the room, regardless of what season that they're in. We give you all the praise and the glory for what you're up to in this moment in time, in the history of Heights Church. We'll be quick to give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.